Welcome back to the Arts Insider Podcast, where this week, Mark and I sat down with Nicola Bolton from Nicola Bolton Management. Nicola is a talent agent who represents performers and creatives from across the industry. And in this interview, she shared her advice for aspiring performers looking to break into the industry and seek professional representation. Plus, she shares her opinions on the recent closures of large-scale community theatres. It's a brilliant interview, and Nicola has loads of industry insight to share. So, welcome to the Arts Insider Podcast. Nikki, thanks for coming in. Um, one of the one of the things that we've been doing with the podcast is talking to as many different people as we can right across the industry. And I think it's fair to say that the, the bit of the industry we, we probably know least about is the job of a, an agent. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's such a pleasure to have you with us. So can you give us a, a bit of a sense of, firstly, who you are and what is the job of an agent so my name's nicola bolton i'm a scam girl born and bred so an agent um sources talent so i have to try and find actors that i want to get on my books and then i will try and get them work and then i will try and negotiate contracts i will try and promote them to the best of my ability um so it's a mixture of having established actors who have got good credits already and trying to build on those and to start off new nurture new talent so that's pretty much it in a nutshell and and tell us a little bit about so you have your own agency Nicola Bolton Management tell us a little bit about the the vision for that what why why are you out of all the jobs because I know you've been a performer as well why that now out of all the jobs within this industry so yeah so as as you touched on there I was um I was an actor myself and worked in the industry for over 25 years and I was I've been a I've done quite a lot of different jobs, really, and I've, I've been a vis- visiting practitioner at Lippa, um, and I've been a choreographer as well. So why did I go into this? So it started when um, I had a family, and obviously being an actor is a bit of a sort of hit and miss job. You know, you don't know when you're going to get paid, you don't know when you're going to work, and I needed something that would fit in around that. And I started to sort of, I've got act, um, agent friends and I was giving them people, I was saying, oh, this girl's really good, she'd get her on. And then one particular person said to me, have you never thought about being an agent? I was like, oh yeah. And actually, being in the industry for so long, I've got all this skill set that I didn't really know I had and I could pull on. And I you know all the contacts, I know a lot of casting directors, I know a lot of theatre directors. And so that was kind of why I went into this. Um, I think that's what makes me our business unique is that I have been a performer so I know what it's like to be an actor so I know about the sort of disappointments I know about the waiting (laughs) on the phone or the emails but I also know that you've got to be very proactive as well um and my vision is that I build the business I don't want to go too fast because I think that's a bad idea we've just gradually been building it post pandemic because I started at the beginning of the pandemic um and we're just building the business and I want to get more youth in the agency. That's my, that's where I'm at the minute. I think we're sort of pretty full with the book at the minute with the adults, but I want to get 18 and unders. I want to start to build some, some start some careers off. So that's what, that's the vision going forwards. So to myself and um, Bryony Palizzi, there's just the two of us that work, work together. Um, 
and that's that's where we are at the minute. And and you're finding jobs for people in in theatre or film yeah, or, everything. or a bit of everything. So I've got people on the West End stage. I've got people in big tours. I've got people in films. I've just got somebody in The Witcher. Um, I've got people in uh, soaps, adverts corporate training voiceovers i mean it's every, everything i don't when people ask me like what do you specialize in i don't specialize I just it's across the board so it depends on the actor really and it kind of like you can only tell what sort of work they're going to get when you start sending them for jobs and what comes in because obviously what i send actors for and what i get in as auditions are kind of like two different things <laughs> so it's like it's it's whatever a casting team see them as so it's quite, it's quite, it's trying to explain that to some actors is quite difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And how, how do they, this my question is, how do, do you choose them or do they knock on your door and go, Nikki, Nikki, can you, how does that work? Yeah. So I don't actively, it's called poaching. If I went after an, an actor that was with another agent, that's, I don't think that's good, a good look. So I don't do that. So I wait for them to come to me. Um, obviously, there are a lot of actors that don't have reps. So I, if I if I see them, like I go to drama school, you know, showcases and stuff. If I see somebody there that I like, I'll sort of send them a, a message. And that's the whole point of a showcase, isn't it? For They want agents. Um, so it's a, it's a number of ways. I mean, we have people approaching us on like Twitter and Instagram and then but but I suppose the proper traditional way to be approached is by email and much I prefer that way because then it doesn't get lost because if I'm getting messages from all over I'm just like oh so that's that's so it's a bit of both really some people I approach some people approach me but I try and do it in a in a morally correct way rather than going after someone else's actor <laughs> <laughs> Tapping them on. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a bit like it's a bit like sort of like going behind someone's back, isn't it? Yeah. Dating, you know, it's a bit like I don't like it, so I just because I don't, I, th- I try and think. Well, if I don't like somebody doing that to me, then I'm not going to do that to them. So, so when someone is approaching you, yeah. Nikki, with perhaps so say I am I'm an actor and and I'm looking to approach you for representation. Yeah. How do I go about that? What are the things that maybe I should include in that? initial contacts with you so a really brief email don't need to write loads of reams of i'm passionate about acting all of that because that's a given let's face it that's why you're approaching me so it's it's i need to see a cv Mm -hmm. or if you haven't got any any credits i need to see some sort of like you know what what have you been up to where have you been studying what have you been doing why why do you want to act Mm -hmm. something a bit about yourself but i need a good headshot and really i mean spotlight is the thing that you need to be on if you can be on that that's like the industry standard where that goes to that goes all over the world so Mm -hmm. that's and and i need to see somebody act before i can take them on so i'll either have to go and see them in a show or i need a show reel self tape mm-hmm. some some footage of them actually acting because the amount of emails i get with no footage and no and i'm like well why am i going to take you on if i've not seen yeah. you act because that's what that's the most important thing <laughs> that i need to see so so that's it really just a really lovely email a little bit about yourself nothing too long and just try and give your you know what you've been up to mm-hmm. obviously if you're young you haven't got a cv of loads of tv and film that's fine you know mm-hmm. but if i can see you act and there's some potential there i will i will take a punt can i zoom in on something where that you've just mentioned there as yeah. well which i find really interesting yeah. what is a good headshot and what is also a good show reel i think that so 
I would always advise people don't spend loads. Of, there's lots of companies that say we'll do your portfolios. I mean, do not spend, try not to spend money. Mm-hmm. I think if you're starting out, just send me a picture on your phone. That's mm-hmm. fine. But if you're a professional actor and you've been to drama school, you will know that you need to have a professional headshot. Mm-hmm. So that is a headshot photographer specific to doing actor headshots, not mm-hmm. an editorial. I don't want a fashion shoot. I don't mm-hmm. want, you know, lots of different styles, you, you know, I just want a good a good headshot is just something that shows your character mm-hmm. and I get this all the time with my own actors I, I get some pictures and I'm like but that's not you that's not your personality I mean it's like if that doesn't come across on a picture and I, I know the person how is that going to come across to a casting director yeah. so it's just getting a good headshot photographer most agents will recommend people that they use and there's mm-hmm. varying prices obviously you know some are really expensive and in London there are ones in Manchester there's a good one in Liverpool so that's really that's really important to get good headshots I would say that it's got to look like you as mm-hmm. you are now so if you've changed your look in the last six months or you've drastically lost lots of weight or put weight on you've got to look as you do now Mm -hmm. so that when you walk in that room for the audition they go oh yeah okay because they get a bit of a shock if it's not the person that's walking (laughs) in Uh, and with self-tapes um I mean, there's the companies again that you can spend hundreds and hundreds of pounds, and I just, I would, I personally would not do that. Mm. Um, so I would say, if you've not got anything, any footage, write a little scene yourself, get together with and film it. Just film something that's for me. I like comedy, so something that's a bit, bit funny. One scene. I mean, a casting director when they're looking on Spotlight will look through a show reel. So say it's like. I think the maximum you can have is five minutes on on Spotlight. So you don't have to fill that time. You don't have to think, oh, I've got to put lots of stuff in. Just one good scene is fine. And then we start to build on it. So then we get your jobs and then you can put a little bit more on and then you get an actual showreel that shows different sides to your character in different parts you can play. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you about that. I yeah. think that's really useful for people to know as well. Yeah. Especially this idea of dispelling some of the rumours of like, oh, you need to have the most expensive option no, available. No, not at all. I mean, some of them are like films that people get in there. Mm-hmm. Hundreds and hundreds of pounds. And it's just, that's an industry in itself, isn't it? They're, you know, obviously they're providing a service, they're making money, good luck to them, but I don't think that you need that at all. So what about then, Nikki, with... I've signed on to your books, for instance... What does a good relationship between the client and the agent look like then going forward? It's about communication like anything, really. It's about the fact that, you know, we are here every day looking at the pictures on the wall, trying to get them jobs, trying to get them work, whatever they're doing in their day. Possibly they've got a a normal job. I say that inverted commas. And then they do acting, you know, they're trying to build the credits. Um, So it's about being, I need to be contact with them so it works both ways so sometimes I'm like sometimes I send an email don't get response send a text ring them can't get through to them I mean I've had situations where someone's got a recall for Hollyoaks and I couldn't get hold of them all week you know it's things like that it's like so it's it's that really it's that knowing that I'm like it's like a strange relationship where I'm like almost like a family member that Mm -hmm. I'm there like right you need to do this you need to do that and it's being open and honest Um, you know I am going to be really honest with my actors and if they send me a tape back and it's not good enough I'll say you've got to do it again because I know ultimately what a cast and director wants and I'm trying to I'm trying to get them the job help them to get the job so if they're not putting the effort in then I'll say right do it again and they and they in turn can be honest with say well you know I feel like I'm not being supported and I'll be like well why mm-hmm. we, we, we do with that that's one thing me and Bryony we really try to support people and we're there 
you know, whenever they need us, really, within reason. Um, and that's, it's communication, trust, it's trust. Mm -hmm. It's, I think, we, we get a lot of people saying, well, I can't ring my agent, I'm scared to ring my agent stuff. And we're not like that at all. Obviously, agents are really, really busy people and we can't be just like shooting the breeze for hours on end with people and going, oh yeah, how are you? Um but we are there and, and if somebody does contact me and says I need to have a chat then of course I'd, I'd put a, you know make time for them to have a chat with them because that's I work we work together that's the thing I don't work for them they don't work for me we work as a team mm -hmm. and we're trying to achieve the, and we start at the beginning we go right this is what we want to do this is where we want to push you what do you think and they're like yeah and they'll go well I don't really want to do that and I'm like fine so it's like I think from the get-go if we know the areas that they don't want to do and that because you know women have children they can't work or there are people that are older and say I don't want to tour anymore and that's absolutely fine I'm not going to make people do work that they don't want to do but I just need to know that at the start mm -hmm. so is it worth is there a bit of a myth to dispel around the idea that the agent is not someone's manager and that is there is there do you ever have instances where the client is perhaps not putting in enough of the work oh, on yeah, their side totally i feel i sometimes feel there's a little bit of um a gap from drama school to going into the industry there's like a, a of how the business and it is a business it's show business it's you know it's not like oh isn't it fun and we're doing this and we're having a nice time it's a business so there's a gap of of knowledge there between sort of coming out of drama school and going into the industry it's it you've got to really focus on it and i'm not saying you have to focus on it 24 7 but you need to put so with my clients they do need to focus on it and they need to put the work in and they need to understand how it all works um so yeah that so i do there, there are times when i'm like come on we're working really hard here and obviously the thing is with an agent i don't get we don't get paid until that actor gets a job so a lot of work we do is for free until they work you know it's not like it's not like going to a solicitor and going right here's okay and then you get charged we're working for free mm -hmm. you know so if we look and go right you've had like <laughs> You've had 50 self-tapes, you've not got one of them, or you've, right, we need to have a little look at why that's not, you know. So we do try and troubleshoot. Mm -hmm. We're not sort of like, right, ditch and go into the next one. We do we do go, right, what is going on? And all the going in, the getting in the room and doing an audition and never getting further. There's something happening there that's not connecting with the casting team. Because if they're getting pulled in for an audition, they're part of the way to get in the job. You know, they obviously like them. So why is it not? convert into a job so it's things like that it's quite <laughs> i mean it, there are lots of reasons mm -hmm. so there's lots of reasons like if you're in a you know playing a family member you've got to match up with the other actors you know there's so many reasons why one person gets a job and somebody else doesn't but it's that thing if you're doing the best that you can as an actor and you're really focused you've learned your lines you've done a good tape and it's it's a, and you've been objective about it then you can't do any more and one day it will be your turn mm -hmm. if you keep going at it with with regard to the CV, Nick, we had a we've got an apprentice at the moment who was who was actually on the last episode of the podcast, and we were talking to him about about you know stepping into the industry as a sixteen year old, mm. just left school, great opportunity to to join us here, um, and one of the things he was asked to do as part of his apprenticeship was was to do a CV. Mm. Now he looked at me like, "What's a CV?" Mm. and Obviously, that's a difference. He has a professional CV in terms of his his job. What is what is your advice on on doing a good act? 
act as an actor yeah, series because yeah. I assume you don't want to know that they've stacked shelves in Morrison's when no, they were fifteen. No, I mean I think that it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because if they're at the start, they probably haven't got any credits. But if they've been to drama school or they've been to a college and they've done some productions, I'd say put those on there. You know, that's a good thing. But it's just very, it's just your qualifications, and and, and you don't need to do like a personal statement. It's not like trying to get into uni. It's just a CV. And also, people worry about. Like, I've got to fill it up. I've got to have a whole... You know, less is more. Don't just be honest. Don't try and do any waffle or any embroidery. And just really be honest and go, right, there I am. These are my qualifications. This is what I've been doing for the past couple of years. And that's, you know, nobody bothers about it. If you're 18, if you're 16, you know. I mean, if he's done, like, his Duke of Edinburgh's or anything like that, what whatever he's been doing, his interests, that's quite good. You know, on him, on um, on Spotlight... The actors have a headshot, they have all the credits and then they have special skills. There's like a section for special skills and that's really important, especially for things like adverts because like a casting director will go, all right, I need a plate spinner or I need someone that plays a kazoo or I need someone that's... And then they parkour, they'll type it in and that person will come up. So that's... I always say to my actors, please check your special skills, check your languages. You know, all of those things are really really useful so it's that sort of i suppose for him if he's it's his interest isn't it what he's good at what his hobbies are just it's trying to get a measure of the person really so we yeah we, we did a, a a film a few years ago and it was a the lead character was a footballer yeah and we had to do this scene with football the football lads mm. now the only actors that we had we had the footballer who was the lead role mm. but the only other lads we had it's fair to say we're not footballers so we ended up we ended up going to a school and just saying to a football team can we just borrow the lads for the football because it was Mm -hmm. like that becomes so much more natural yeah but they were and they were like well we're not actors but they were like no but you're you're footballers and that's what we wanted so it's it's amazing i was like well how is me being a footballer relevant to this yeah to this thing but actually what you're doing and you're saying is you're building a you're building a little bit of a um this person doesn't know you and you're building a little bit of a profile yeah. of, of who they are i mean you know there's so i've got lads on my books i mean adults they're not lads um who play rugby and are really good at you know so they will go up for adverts that you know need rugby or sometimes there's a, a character on Corrie or there's a character on doctors say that needs to be able to do whatever you know so it is all it just cuts that corner doesn't it rather than it depends whether they've got to be seen on screen to be playing that, you know, playing the sport and stuff. So you do need to have a, a, a sort of a bit of a knowledge about it. So it's all it's all really useful. All of that is really useful. Special skills, languages. I always say to my actors, can you like do fencing or fighting and can you do horse riding? Because on films, those are the two, th- you know, period dramas. That's what they want, isn't it? They want, they've got battle scenes and they've got um, horse riding. So it's like, I'm like, get those horse riding lessons in. Uh, but yeah. So that, that that's that's what I'd say with us. Don't be afraid to not put loads of stuff on a CV. Don't try and make it make things up. Well, definitely don't make things up. That's the first thing. Oh my goodness! Show me your plates. Yeah, and your because car. that comes back to haunt you. <laughs> that does come back when someone goes, "Well, I didn't work with you on that job, and you've put down that you're in that, and that can cause a whole lot of trouble." Um, yeah, just be honest. In terms of the, I wanted to ask you this. We we, we speak to people about you know what i call the dark side of, of of the industry every job has a has a darker side and that may be you know we, we had a great conversation with grace galloway who who was is a vocal coach and was helping people to train for drama school and, and was getting some she shared some some really quite awful feedback that that 
young performers were getting from drama school and yeah. some of these the, the, this misinformation about the things that you must have or can you kind of sort of paint a picture of some of the things that maybe young performers or any performers going into this should be aware of or things that you as an agent you just think that just does not sit right with me so I don't like agencies that take money off performers like for like saying they've got to have so many photographs a year with their photographer or they've got to be pay for workshops through them you know those sort of things are a red you know any any agency that says that's that's the criteria for you joining that's a red flag to me so do not i mean it's not a seed it's just that they're making money out of it you know that and they, who knows they might they might have 500 children on the books and then they might charge them all so much per month and then i mean that'll soon tot up won't it so that's that's one side of thing with age just be very careful anybody at the minute in this country can set up an agency like anybody and it's like really i think it's bad because i you know i worked somewhere for five years before i was set up on my own and also i've been in the industry for all my life so i know it really well but i just think some people just set, set them up and you're like it's it's crazy um so just be very wary of people that are asking you for money basically it's the whole thing isn't it you know if, if they're asking you, like, you've got to pay this for a portfolio of photos or you've got to do this, just don't part with your money. Just ask ask around. Um, also, workshops. I mean, workshops are great. There are some really good casting directors that do workshops. But again, you know, it's some of some... I know the good ones and I know the ones that I'm like, well, where, who are they and what have they done and stuff? And it's... You've got to be really careful with parting with your money. Um it's like this promise, I guess, of, of yeah. you know, if I have an agent, yeah. so Nicola is my, my agent and I've, I've worked now for two months and it's Nicola's fault I'm not getting the work. Is that is that something that you hear, you know, where people think there is, maybe there's a right for them to work and they don't get it totally. and they, they wonder yeah. why they're not getting it? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's, so it takes as long as it takes. This is what I say. You know, I can get somebody straight out of drama school and bang, they're off and they're working constantly. Or I can get somebody that it takes five years. You know, it just, there's no right or wrong. An agent takes you on in good faith and wants, as again, wants you to work because they don't get paid until you work. So they're, they're trying, they're doing their bit. But actually, as an actor, are you doing your bit to find out what your unique selling point is, what your brand is? Are you trying to push yourself? Are you network? Are you, I always say, right, you've got to have knowledge of, who's working on what where and you can find a lot out on twitter nowadays you know mm -hmm. they put open casting calls out for things so you just need to i say do a spreadsheet there's the casting director who are their assistants associates and then they move you've got to know the landscape of what's going on and an actor can do a lot of that groundwork and i shouldn't have to do that for them um you talked before about being pro proactivity yeah. being being the big one. Oh, isn't totally, it? isn't it? So mm -hmm. when I was an actor, I only go off myself. So when I was an actor, this is going back. There was a thing called PCR, which was a a, a bit like the stage. So you had the stage newspaper, so there used to be quite a few adverts in there for jobs. There aren't really anymore. And there was a thing called PCR, which would come out weekly, which was all the casting breakdowns. This is pre computers right so that's how <laughs> that's how it all worked um and then i would sit every monday and write letters like all day monday i'd be writing letters sending my cv and photo off that was what i did and i had an agent i didn't expect my agent to do all of the work but my agent would we work together so then she would get me seen for things that maybe i couldn't get myself and and so it was a good trade-off because i felt by the end of my career, I was getting a lot of the theatre myself. So it was directors that were asking for me, which was great. But then they would get me like adverts and tellies, which I wouldn't have got myself. So it was a fair exchange. Um, and I'm saying that, 
you know, if you're with an agency and you're not getting that, you haven't got that relationship, then try and have a chat with them first and see why there's a breakdown in communication. And then if there's no, it's not been resolved, then try and find alternative rep. You know, that's you can do that as an actor. Um, you know, and sometimes agents do get rid of clients as well. They let them go because if you're trying so hard with somebody and you go, oh, actually, it's, not, it's just not working. You might work better with someone else. Have you, you know, done? Have you done that? Yeah, I've had to do that. I don't do it very often, but I have had to do that. Yeah, when it's just we've been down, you know, two years in and we're just not getting anywhere, and it just and also it sometimes it's to do with that they've really they're not really concentrating on it. They're not proactive. They're, they're going down a different route in the business in the industry. So that, and that's, you know, as long as we're all honest, it's fine. I mean, obviously sometimes they get upset about it and they get really like a bit angry and a bit like, I get like horrible emails, but you know, I'm like, well, and I'm trying to be as kind and as everything as it can be, because I'm a very well aware, <laughs> we're all in a bit of a, you know, it's a bit of a hard time, but it might be the best thing. They might get a different rep that works for them better. You know, it's more of what they want or they might not. And a lot of them don't carry on with it you know they it was kind of the thing the catalyst that they need to say right I'm not going to do it anymore I'm not going to be an actor anymore I'm going to do something else thing is as well you can come back to it it's not like you're saying I'm not doing it forever in the rest of my life that's it it's it's hard when you've trained as an actor because I think you are fed this dream of I'm going to leave drama school I'm going to work and it's such a tiny percent I don't want to sound like a you know Debbie Downer but it's quite a tiny percentage that actually work um but you can, some people as well don't come into their casting bracket until they're maybe in their 30s, you know, they just don't look right for certain parts. But then they, we all know the stories of certain actors that have hit it in their 40s or, mm. and that's fine, you know, but just be realistic, I think. And, and just think, right, I'm going to take a step back and then I'll have a, like, a little bit of a reboot in a few years time when I've got the energy and... I think that's such, that's such an important thing, though, isn't it? Like, we work with young people and and I think in schools they get, you know, it's like, education your education is now coming to its end at yeah, 16 the yeah. GCSEs and it's like or A levels and it's like no education is just beginning at that yeah, point yeah. and I, I think yeah you know we've got a, a young girl with us at the moment who who is going she's just done a grade 8 musical mm. theatre she's at Lipper now and it's mm. like I don't know if I want to go to drama school it's like well it doesn't matter your, your acting days yeah. you know they could go on and on and on you know I think it's Morgan Freeman isn't it was he the first role he did was he, he was either 49 or 59 yeah you know yeah, I think Ian McKellum was another one who came come really late into into it because like you said they pick it up much later in life and, and that's fine and that's that, that's it yeah it's it's been it's just it's really hard to be objective as well because if you've got loads of people telling you you're brilliant and stuff but then when you it's like you can only tell how good you are when you meet other people the similar age to you and what you're so if you went to like an open audition you saw what the what what was there you've got to be like right okay are they better than me are they the same as me are they not as good as me it's that you've got to be realistic but then again saying that there are some people that are so good but are very shy and introverted and when they're on stage they come alive and you want to bump so every every actor's different um how, how much of it though is that is aesthetic because i remember i went to a drama school audition many years ago and i i remember coming into this room and doing everyone had to do a monologue or whatever and i, I remember doing this monologue and you it was like yeah you you 12 and we all sat there and watched each other do these mm -hmm. monologues and i thought 
I just realised everyone in this room is very, very good. Mm. You know, it was like yeah. So, so how do you cho- how do so they now choose? how do we choose? Yeah. This is we've all we've all here. We're all at the same similar age, but everyone is really yeah. good. Yeah. You know, how much of of your job or the job of an actor? certainly in that in that casting stage is about aesthetics oh it's a lot it is a lot about that let's be honest because obviously the criteria now on spotlight is very different you know they're very sort of specific on what they want so with ethnicity and disability and everything like that so so it's like so if they're saying right we need somebody that's in this bracket then obviously i'm only going to send a person that's in that bracket so i feel with drama school it's a bit like they need a, a nice mix of different you know and they need they need more working class that's that's a definite you know and they need to support more working class actors through drama school because how the heck can you afford to do it if, you know, in uni and everything, it's, you're going to lose, though. You're only going to have rich people doing it. It's just, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, really. For those, Nikki, that do decide, I'm going to throw myself into this yeah. and I'm going to take on the burdens and the risks of that. And I certainly resonate with what you're saying about, you know, the fact that for working class people going to drama school for many people it's not a luxury that mm. you can afford I, I was saying to Mark a few months ago the rent for a one bedroom house that I've just finished up uh, living in mm. uh, or one room in a flat should I say was £750 a month not including bills know, it's, it's, it's just it's crazy. It's crazy but for those who do decide all that bearing in mind I'm still going to give it a go yeah. and they're then therefore immersing themselves into what is a really competitive industry, Mm. whether that's film or TV. What helps them stand out from the competition? That's a really good question. I mean, I suppose it's... um it's just being themselves. That's what I always say. Don't try and be somebody else. Don't. I mean, you can, I suppose, on social media, on TV, see an actor and go, I'm similar type to them. I'm sort of like, but it's just, it's just really being yourself and just really being open to things, not shutting things down. You know, if, if, if life is sort of taking you in, you know, thinking, oh, all right, okay, well, I'll try, I'll try that, Mm -hmm. you know, that acting job in a TAE company, whatever it is, because what you'll find is you'll do that job and you'll learn so much on it, but you'll also meet people. It's like a ripple effect. And then people will see you in that job. And it's like, you could have stayed at home and turned it down, Mm -hmm. or you could have took that job. And it's like, it does work, creates work. I always say that to my actors, especially at the start. I'm like, you're not in a position to say, right, I don't, I only want to do this or I only want to do that because you're going to make it very hard for yourself if you like that. Be more open, try things. If you don't like it, don't do it again. Mm-hmm. You know, but I would really, what makes them, st- what's going to make you stand out? It's just, yeah, it's just having, so it's a good headshot. I know this is very like, but it's a good headshot and just, and, and, and just, no promoting yourself in a way that's positive what about then the idea that drama schools in general you know whether you're someone who's going and deciding i'm going to put myself into this competitive Mm. industry do you need to go to drama school to do that um it's not for everybody drama school i didn't go to drama school so i started working as a child that's the way i came up and then i feel like i did an apprenticeship so i then started did my a levels started work i did jobs at 16 and 17 18 i started at 10 actually um 
but that's the way I, I, I came up through the ranks. Um, but I feel like I did have an apprenticeship because I went to, I did a lot of rep theatre and I did a lot of tours. And um, so you don't have to go to drama school. You don't have to, but you have to really understand how the business works. I think you need to do classes. You can't just, it's like anything. You can't say, well, I'm going to be a brain surgeon today. It's, you need to really hone your skill and you need to learn about it. So you need to do classes for definite. Um, but again, be careful where you take the classes. You know, it's got to be people that are, because people that know what they're talking about, basically, you know. So, um, yeah, I don't, you don't you don't have to go. I, I've got a mixture of people on my books. Some went to drama school, mm -hmm. some didn't. I feel with drama school, it does send you... There are certain drama schools that when they train them, the, the voice work is amazing. So I love Manchester School of Theatre. I mean, when they come out of there, their voices are just... You know, they've obviously had a voice teacher and they've worked on them really hard. And Yeah, so I suppose drama school... Drama school gives you that. It gives you connections. Again, you're going to have visiting directors coming in who will know you. So maybe it gives you a little bit of a... And then I suppose if you're dealing with a casting director that went to that drama school, they're like, oh, they went to that drama school. So it can give you a little bit of a... Who who knows if one person who went and one person who didn't would get further on it. I, you just don't know, do you? Um, so, But it's not for everybody, you know. But it is, it's a good way to you know, hone your skills, do be doing it every single day, immerse yourself in it and learn new things and get in a circle with different people. Nick, we can't have this conversation without talking about what is becoming a huge bugbear, not just in my life, I'm assuming in everyone's, is is the, the role that social media plays. And, and I, I guess that what I mean by that is short of the big distraction that social media is we all have two personas now we have our, our actual persona that we that people know us and we see us in the flesh and then we have our online social media persona G give us a few of the of the the absolute do's and don'ts when it comes to social media yeah, so I would say that, um, I mean, this has been in the press quite a lot. You know, if somebody's got in a soap and then they go back and they troll their Twitter and they find any racist comments, anything that they've said, derogatory to women, whatever it is, they are then, can you know, they're then off the show. And that's, that's what you've got to remember. Whatever you put on there is on there for good unless you delete your Twitter, but they'll find it. So just be very, very careful what you write on there. I mean, I know we've all got our own political agendas, things that we, you know, we believe in and that's, it's good to be passionate. However, um, I just think people sometimes are too too open about things on social media. You've got to when you're coming into the industry as an actor, that's they will. I do look at people's I look at people's twitters and Instagrams, and think, can I actually work with them if they're writing all of that? Would I be would they align with the way I feel? And it's not about like it's not about politics, as in are we at the same side of the fence or whatever. But it's just about all of the other stuff that they're writing about. I'm like, it's just it's just not great. So I would say just be careful, really careful what you write down and what you put out there because everybody sees it. Um, I guess the fine line isn't there between being authentically you, yes, and and, and having views and opinions, but then. But like you got to be, we got to be mindful that the you know you're you're going when you're an actor or you're a performer, you're going to work for somebody else. Yeah. You're not going to work f for you, yeah. and your values and morals, I guess, have got to have got to align. I guess with other with other people. But they can't have any like they can't have any of this coming. But so say a company like Disney or whoever, you know, a bigger company that are going to employ somebody in one of their shows, they can't have anybody that's going to taint their brand, can course, they? You know, yeah. and that's that's what you've got to think like. So, 
um, yeah, you just, you've just got to be very, very careful. And also, don't feel like you have to write that you're having a brilliant time and, you know, look at me and make don't make things up. And I do see a lot of this sort of... Um, I don't know, sharing of absolutely everything on, on Twitter, especially. And I'm like, just be silent for, you know, just be, you don't have to like constantly been, be saying stuff. Um, and also it's like some of it's naive things that people are writing about the industry where they don't, you can tell they don't really know what they're talking about. Um, and I mean, it's opinion, it's their opinion, it's valid, you know, it's valid, of course, but it is a fine line, I feel. It's like people saying things that is not is massively overinflated as well. Yeah. So you're dealing with a lot of Do egos. Spin. There's a lot of like, spin, isn't there? Oh, yeah. I've said this, and and you're thinking that's that's not you know you're sort of writing checks that you can't cash because because yeah. that isn't that isn't the full story. You've also got to be very careful as an actor because when you do a, do a self tape. Right, the amount of people that put self tapes on Twitter, and I'm like, no, because you've either signed an NDA to say that you cannot show that, you know, you can't. This is this is copyrighted material of a th of a, something that you're auditioning for that's not even been, you know, filmed yet. It's not even out, and you're putting it out on social. So that it's just like you cannot. You've got, you know, and an agent will always say to somebody, especially somebody that's just coming in, look, this is you can't talk about this. You can't say anything about it that you've auditioned. You know, you're just not allowed to. And so it's like, it's like, just don't put self-tapes on. Don't put self-tapes on social media at all. You know, you can put on something that's, uh, you know, like say you did an excerpt from Blood Brothers and you wanted to put that on. That's absolutely fine as long as, you know, you, you credit who the writer is and stuff. But you cannot put like new material that's not even. So that, that happens quite a lot. I see that quite a lot. Yeah, so just, yeah, that's that's a no-no. Because it's like, this is this sense of entitlement, like this is my social media platform and I can do I'm promoting what I myself. want with yeah, it. Yeah, I'm promoting myself, but there's, there's a limit, isn't there, to that? It's Because it's affecting other people, that, isn't it? If you're putting stuff on that's, you know, your agent, your agent will get in trouble. And also, when you get um, a script through, if it's an NDA, it's got your name through it. So if you, say you printed it out and you were on a train and you left it, you'd be in a lot of trouble. It's that thing, It's there's a copyright, there's all sorts of legal stuff that's attached to all of these projects, mm. you know, so it, there's, there's a lot at stake, so you've just got to be very, very careful. So, yeah, no self-tapes on social media, unless you've written it yourself, you know, if you want to write something yourself and you want to put it on there, that's absolutely fine. Mm. Yeah, I have, a, <laughs> I have an, a, a story of a, of a girl that wanted some... Um, approach me i get a few approaches from young you know undergraduates that that want experience yeah because they're going to arrive at someone like you and this is not from an acting sense but this is this is someone who wants to do lighting design or mm. wants to do a bit of stage management or prop design or whatever and you get the email through and the email's like it's, it's you know relatively well worded and but then sometimes you get them that are you just really poor emails like grammars all over the yeah, place yeah. you know too abbreviated no spacing or whatever but the worst one is when they they send it from an email address that they've had since they were you know when they were 15 and it's yeah. like hot hot babe 12 you <laughs> <Yeah>. know <laughs> it's like yeah. no 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 like think that you say it's about naivety isn't it like some people not just not thinking about about how they optically look, got, look yeah, to, 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 to be, professional people what you've got to remember is you're you know you're an actor one of however many thousands i mean this is the reality of one of how many ever thousands that is coming out of drama school or that year saying i'm an actor i want to pursue acting so what's gonna why are they gonna pick you over somebody else you know they're gonna 
if they see that, you're going to go, well, they don't know what they're talking about immediately, you know. Now, listen, I do give people a chance, especially if they're young. I do, you know, because we know that we don't know everything when we're sort of like 16, you know, of course. Uh, but you've just got to, yeah, just be very mindful of the way you approach people and be and do be professional. It's a profession. And it's like people like, a, you know, and I don't, with the grammar thing, you know, obviously there's like, you can spell check and stuff. So I don't see why. So that sounds like it's just been whizzed, whizzed, you know, straight away off, not really took the time to do it. Yeah, and that's it, isn't it? I, I think, like you, I think I've my time is really lim- is really yeah. limited and really valuable. And and if if I'm gonna if I'm gonna spend some time looking at this responding to this person, I want to know that they've they've thought they've about effort, that yeah. before. And do they know your organisation? You know, are they just sending out an email to loads of different people, or are they actually local? They know this. They like your ethics. Mm-hmm. They like what you're doing. It's that thing, and that's the same for me as an agent. I want to know people know who I am, know what I'm doing, and it's not difficult. I've got Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I've got a website. It's like do your research, you know. Um, well, that's proactive again. It's well, proactivity, it is, it is. isn't it? But it's actually taking mm. being accountable for your. It's your. I always say this: it's your career, not mine. And it's totally true. It's nobody's. It's your career, and we're trying to facilitate and help you. But ultimately, it's your career. Mm. So, I wanted to ask you about. Um, you've been quite vocal. Well, we've had conversations. You've, you, some of you, your, your 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 social media. We talk about social media. Yeah. You were talking about the. Uh, is demise the right word of of some of these local th- community theatres that mm-hmm. obviously have a, a, an important part, have played an important part in your career and your life, um, namely the Oldham Coliseum and the Epstein, the Epstein in Liverpool. Mm-hmm. And we was talking about this to um, the principal at Central yeah. about this very thing about the importance of community theatres. Give us a little sense of why that why the, the the closure of these venues one what is the impact on the industry and two why are they so important so taking oldham coliseum so obviously i work there as an actor i've worked there as a choreographer and i've latterly had my actors work there so i've lost a work stream there for my actors that's the first thing i'm one person and so around that theater there's a whole lot of you know people have been sacked so all the backstage crew all the front of house staff you know they've all gone and then all the creatives that come in set designers like does that you know all of the sound designers that, that there's no work there so that's all gone that's a work stream that's gone so the importance about Oldham was it's outside of Manchester so it's got a different clientele it's got a different it's got its own thing it's not like Manchester's got loads of different its own theatres and it's you know there's some trendy ones and whatnot and it's very like pushing the boundaries and all that Oldham was like really good quality theatre you know really sort of like for low for the people that lived in Oldham so there were a few projects that were about Oldham and then they'd have like but it just it was it was all year round it was they they made their own theatre rather than it was because I think people don't know the difference between a rep theatre and say like the empire like obviously the empire is massive isn't it but the empire has touring things that go in they don't produce themselves so they're just literally a receiving house so things come in they're shown they pay whatever but with oldham they actually made the theater there so that's that's why so it's just it's it's core it was core to that area they also did outreach projects so they had outreach um going into schools with the local community they had like an old, old 
elderly it's not how can I say elderly like a choir um you know they had so much stuff going on they had a studio space I mean constant work and then obviously they applied for arts council funding and they didn't get one penny this time now the arts council don't get me started on that one because that's a whole different podcast but the way that seems to work is that you like have to go oh I want this money because and you have to apply for a pot of money that's and then it gets divvied out between people that they think deserve it so why why has Oldham not got any money why did Oldham not deserve it I don't really know so the impact of this it's just it's just happened this year really this is so they didn't get the funding they've ceased now I think it's closed they are talking about having another theatre in a few years' time, but that we know those things take time. So the impact on the community in the interim is massive. There's no panto. The panto made so much money for them. It was on, you know, and I had my actors in it. Um, and it was such a joyous start to Christmas. It was always the first one because they started rehearsals early. So that's gone. There's no, there's just, there's nothing now until that new theatre, whenever that is, it's, it's, there's no art happening there. Now, they're on about doing street theatre and stuff. Brilliant. But that's not the same, is it, as being in a, a space with all those people watching watching something about a local issue. Or So, again, the other, the other answer is that that's a starting point, Oldham Coliseum, for a lot of actors' um, journeys onto Coronation Street. You know, a lot of people started there and then got their TV breaks because casting directors come and watch the shows at Oldham and then they'd get them on for TV. So it's the start of a lot of people's careers, the, the amount of people that have gone through that. And so that's gone as well. It's like a training ground, you know, it's, it's like an apprenticeship. Um, so that's really sad. And the Epstein's the same because, again, you know, they do their own theatre, you know, their own... They've got they've got a producer that worked work there has been doing brilliantly. And so that, that Christmas show won't go on this year and... It's just what what happens to the spaces now. What happens? You know, they're not replaced. That's the thing. I do worry that um, you know there was been a big thing about leveling up and that the north were giving money and that. And I don't see any of that at all. And I feel that you know that that shouldn't have happened to Oldham. And I do feel that if you're not yeah, it's it's a financially viable thing because the fact was they are financially viable. They just had to go through the pandemic. They just needed a bit of help, you know. Because obviously, if you if during a pandemic you're not getting any money coming in, so it's like you know, it's 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 made it the pandemic has really massively affect the affected theatres, and also trying to get people back into a theatre after telling them to distance, and wear masks, and all that was very hard. So that's 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 what's happened. It's been that that's been the effect of of the pandemic and budget cuts and all of that stuff as well. You know, Nikki, how, how important are, are like you, know, you mentioned about um, the bridge? You were saying about the bridge and the training ground, and I, I love this kind of you know as an ex footballer, I, I always get that you know you have to learn your trade somewhere. You don't just be, go from being a a young lad to a professional footballer in the same way as an actor. So here, obviously, over the last 12 years, we've produced, I think, 128 productions or something like that. How important are places like the Art Centre and, and other, you know, you have obviously trained as well as a, as a kid. How important are places like this, not just for developing performance skill, but, but just round in the whole person? Do you know what? I think that's so important. This is why I will champion the arts till the day I die, because... 
these are like the start of this is the seed you know when you get somebody and you I'm sure you see it as a you know when you're teaching people you go oh my goodness that that they're really good and they don't know it and you know I want to like make them carry on and I want to give them all that and it but it's it's not just you know and in the same respect somebody might come to drama classes and go actually I want to do more camera work I want to do more editing I want to do and then they go down that road but it's like it's it's a space it's a safe space where they can all come and and, um, you know, try out different things and see what they want to do and see what they might be interested in, see what they're good at. You don't know, do you, as a child? You've got to, you've got to try everything. You've got to, and that's, it's about opportunities, isn't it? So somewhere like this is, is brilliant because getting to do that, you know, working from the start of a production up until the time it's on, they see how all the mechanisms and everything that, all the work that it takes to get that on. So they're learning, aren't they, as they're going? And also they're learning about punctuality, I hope, because they've got to be somewhere on time. Uh, they're learning about, you know, give and take with other people, um, working with people probably they don't like sometimes or they don't, they're not really aligned with. But actually, you've got to get on with it because you're working opposite them. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's all of those things that life skills, there's so many life skills that I think come from going to drama classes, dr dance classes, whatever. It's... I, th I think it's I think it's brilliant and it does it will make them better people in the long run could I ask on that because this I think is is something that's on I think both our minds mine and marks at the moment one of those perhaps lessons that we've noticed is becoming more and more important for us to try and embed into our delivery yeah. is the idea that you perhaps can't always have your cake and eat it and this is something you know we now do in the last five years many more classes than we did five years ago an extra building means extra sessions means extra opportunities but Perhaps if you're saying yes to every opportunity, then you're now on with us, theoretically, five different productions at once and you're yeah. trying to spin all those plates. And I think we are more and more trying to guide people to go, perhaps do something yeah. really well yeah. rather than try to do five Absolute, things. Absolutely, yeah. And yeah. do you think that is reflective of what you would hope an actor who's coming into your agency understands is they can't do the film and the theatre piece and the movie and the TV show all at once. I don't think we're ever in that lucky position, actually. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> that would be that would be wonderful. Because um, my, my, part of my job is to be like a diary planner for, mm. you know, I've got certain people that I know get the tellies, but then... So what happens from my point of view is I get spotlight, I get dates, and what they, they give you overall dates, but actually the actor might just be filming a couple of days or a week or something. So I mm. just go, send them for that, so I send them for every everything and then just see what comes back mm -hmm. and the amount of times I've been like oh no they all clash <laughs> it's like you know yeah. um but what I would say is yes do things well don't mm -hmm. spread yourself too thinly don't take on you know I'm, I'm saying yes to opportunities but don't like yeah you can't be doing like five six things really well at the same time can you like different projects so just think right which is the one I really want to do and concentrate on that one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think some people have to fall into this preconception that that I'm working hard because I'm doing five different things. But what you're actually yeah. doing is spreading yourself yeah, thinly, yeah. and the quality of your output yeah. is actually is actually less. It's quality, yeah. not quantity. And also the thing of nobody owes you anything in this industry. It's very harsh. It's a very harsh mistress, and it's just because you're working hard doesn't mean you're necessary. You know, you're not. 
it's not a given that you're going to get that job or it's not mm. a given that you're going to get that role and we've all I as an actor have been up for things and really wanted them and not got them and been dis- bitterly disappointed but that is part of that is part of the job I'm afraid you know getting rejection is as an actor you've got to be very thick skinned about it and not take it too personally really hard not to do that because you're like well why what what, why didn't they pick me and as I said at right the beginning it's to do with a number of casting it's the casting jigsaw as I like Mm. to call it you know they're just they need that person to slot in with them or the heights and the look and the this and the that and oh who knows who knows what goes on in a massive boardroom I'm just I don't know if there's a massive boardroom, but, you know, producers, you know, they all need to come to an agreement on who gets that job. Because you said, you know, you went for drama school audition and everybody was great. So how do you choose? That's the million dollar question, isn't it? And I think a lot of the time I wonder whether it goes beyond the talent, you know, and saying, okay, well, you're all talented, but what else are you bringing to the table? Like, what are those special skills or or how just just how... How nice of a, of a human being are you? Do well, you know what I mean? For, for drama school, especially, it's to do with like it's to do with like what you are as a person and what you bring. But with I think in the industry, it's very much to do with I've worked with that person before; they're great. That is a good, you know because nobody wants to be on set with somebody that's disruptive, you know, doesn't turn up on time, doesn't isn't doing the job, and just is not really pulling their weight. So that's a big thing is is them knowing that you're good. So that's that's where it comes into like that you've worked with certain directors that will say about you again or producers. Um, but none of it's a given, really. It's not, you know, I, I do get a lot of, you know, I've, well, I've done this, I've done that. Why am I not, why am I not in a soap? <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know, because they've not written a character that you're absolutely right for. Um Nikki, is there a moment where you, uh, we, when we do our job, I always think about my job and it's stressful at times and it's it's very yeah, busy, it's, it's really busy. Yeah. And we were talking about that, you know, as, as we own businesses and we the book stops with us a lot of the time and, and that can be difficult, but if it was always just difficult, we, we wouldn't do it. No. So there's, there's moments, there's highlights, there's those moments of like, that real accomplishment, real pride, mm. Which is what keeps us what keeps us going. Can you share one of those? Have you got one, or you know, maybe a story where you think that was a time when I realised I was I was doing the right thing? Yeah. So I had an actor who's not with me now, <laughs> um, and he got a film. He got a Ken Loach film, the lead in a Ken Loach film, and so that phone call for me was probably the best phone call I've ever made. So the one I received from it was a um, casting director up in Scotland telling me that they'd got the role in this film and then me having to tell that actor that they got the role and just hearing them just cry and go, ah, you know, and go mental about it. And that changed the course of his life. You know, that's changed the course of his life. That one moment, that fruit machine moment when all of his, what is it, lemons come at once or whatever, um, that that changed it. So things like that are amazing. So that, that was just great. Um, and then also just sometimes watching clients on stage. Again, I, I get a buzz of it watching them when they're there doing their thing. You know, after months of like auditions for something and then not getting it and the rejections and then them getting, getting in a show is just like, yeah, it's amazing to see them on stage just being brilliant, you know, standing up, they're mine. And I'm like a proud mum, yeah. So that, that, that part of the jobs. So telling people they've got a job and seeing my clients on stage is just like, 
every time blows my mind. And you, and you said at the start of, of this, I'm going to finish before we go into a bit of a, 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 the last couple of questions, but you talked at the beginning about, a, you mentioned the word youth and, and you know, obviously you haven't you haven't done young performers as in young kids performers before you did touch on that at the beginning i wanted to ask you whether whether that was you know why why now are you are you moving into that um and, and you know is that is that the next the next sort of a logical step for nicola bottle management yeah so so basically um we just know there's a gap you know we've we see what the breakdowns are coming on spotlight and there's lots of stuff for netflix apple tv you know there's lots of projects that are for children and we can't send anybody for those because we haven't got we've got a few we have got a youth section but it's quite small at the minute um and obviously they grow up as well so when we get them at 14 16 they're then like 21 now we're like (laughs) um so that that's that's why because i'm like right there's some work there's a work stream there um and so we need to we need to get we need to recruit so that's where we're at so yeah that's so so that's something that Bryony, who i work with is she's going to head that up she's going to do go to you know so it might be she might be good to come in here and watch some of your students really because that that's where we're going we want to get that side of things you know as strong as the adult portfolio and is it important, just as you said, being a scam girl, would that be a, a, a great thing to see another scam performer go and Absolutely. go and pick something up? Absolutely, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm very much for, you know, I want authentic people. I want working class people. You know, that's that's. You know, I'm an agency based in the north. That's mostly my clientele. I do have actors that live in London. Obviously, they're not just all northerners that I look after. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely on for promoting people like that. Definitely giving them a platform. Amazing. Well, Nikki, we're going to move into the final section of the podcast. It's a, it's our quick fire, <laughs> rapid round of questions. Um, Should we have to say it's never quick fire? Though? It's not <laughs> ever quick fire. No, so it's it really a one, one word answer, isn't it? Like, never quick oh, fire. No, it never ends up being one word. Um, so I will start them off and we'll yeah. kind of bat them between Mark and I. And the first one is whether you have a favourite piece of theatre. Um, so I saw Prima Facie and I thought it was just, it blew my mind. So that's my, probably my favourite play. I mean, just for everything. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cause I had, my actor was the understudy. So I saw the press night and then I saw my actor play the part as well, which was like, so that was my favourite, um, play but then my favorite musical i think is guys and dolls but just because i saw it recently i've got somebody in it at the bridge theater in london again blew my mind it's like it's a it's what do you call it when they're in, you're in the middle of the action basically it's one of those and it was just like whoa it's just so clever so yeah that's my favorite musical wow I, 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 that was the first musical i ever did so good isn't it i was nicely nicely johnson oh brilliant i can yeah. see you doing that yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and i and it was interesting because i had to be I was, at the time, I was like captain of the football team and not yeah. not going anywhere near the theatre. And and in the end, and did that was that, that a, changed my life? Yeah, that literally changed, changed that was, my life. That was yeah. where you turned on a sixpence. Went, yeah. this is what I want to do. Isn't that amazing? And what was you so in- have done that sliding doors, isn't it? What, what was so interesting? I always had an anchoring to want to do it. Yeah, but I, I was to say I was I was yeah you're a lad. I was you know it didn't do that. But the the, the drama teacher at the time. Um, a guy called Clive Sherman, lay them high. He, 
he he was um, really key. It was his last show, mm. and he'd been the school for year, many many years. It was his last show, and he said, "I, I want a load of, I need a load of gangsters." Yeah. And I ended up, be, I ended up because I had so much influence. Yeah. I ended up saying, "Well, I'm just going to recruit all the scallies of the yeah. of the year." So we ended up with all of the. Isn't that brilliant? Everybody. Though, that you've got the people that would never have stepped foot yeah. foot on yeah. a stage, and then they just and they're just doing a great job. And it was an incredible, you know, that was a, a incredible. I told you it wouldn't be quick fire. This, didn't I? Didn't I tell you that? But to make it last slightly longer because I'm so fascinated because this particular production is yeah it's so regarded for its immersive element in That's this it, new immersive. version. That was the word I was looking at. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but it's amazing. Were you a fan of the show before you'd seen this yeah, immersive version? Yeah, because obviously right. I know the okay. film yeah, as well. Yeah. So the very famous film. Um, yeah, no, I, lo- I just love it. It's just charming. Mm-hmm. It's a sort of it takes you away from the awful life things that are happening all around us and it's just it's just beautiful oh it's such a great I went to press night and I was like oh there's Elaine Page oh there's <laughs> there's you know there was like famous people everywhere it was just like it was like a weird surreal dream so it was great yeah yeah see it's underrated that and this in this the, the young pups I think it's underrated it's a great show that yeah okay so my question would be what is the gig that you would love to attend maybe of someone who is now you know dead or alive yeah. what is that gig that you think that was the gig I'd love Elvis. to go Elvis wow okay mm-hmm. yeah definitely Elvis in Vegas yeah definitely are you still an Elvis fan yeah well my mum and dad were so it's like it's kind of like rubbed off but yeah just I mean he was just it's somebody with that magnetism that sort of, when you watch them you're like ah or you know and I love Marilyn Monroe obviously as well it's that I think for me it's that classic sort of I don't know it's just a different time isn't it and just yeah I don't know. I love I love all of those old the old. Uh, I think so much of performance, Elvis particularly, like, maybe Marilyn Monroe as well. But so much of the performances we see now are, are you know like trailblazers, aren't they? Yeah, Elvis, yeah. like a real trailblazer. Yeah, he was the first, of, like of the Beatles as well. Yeah. You know, they were like nobody. They were like aliens. Nobody'd seen anything yeah. quite like that. Whereas yeah. now we're like, oh, it's another one, another. You know, and everyone they do. They're yeah. always harking back to. They take, don't they, from all of those older? But yeah, definitely they Elvis. Oh different. my God, I'd love to see Elvis. <laughs> what about then, Nikki? This is for, we've heard a little bit about theatre, but what about for the realm of film and TV? Yeah. What is the piece of entertainment that everyone should try and watch? Ooh. <laughs> oh, that's really difficult. What have I seen recently that I liked? Um, oh. I just like I like the dramas, like psychological dramas. Really, I saw Malpractice recently. Again, I'm going to probably be saying things because my clients are in them, but um, I saw that and that was really well done. That's set in a hospital, and yeah, I really like that. Um, and then The Witcher obviously is on now, so I've got somebody in that. So, <laughs> so things like that really. Um, and I like the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. A bit of a geek like that. So, <laughs> oh, uh, you and me both. <laughs> I love that. Um, but then I love like I love things like with nail and eye and mm-hmm. spinal tap. I like things <laughs> like that. Cringy sort of like <laughs> you know when you're watching it and it's sort of documentary, but it's not. Mm-hmm. So that yeah, that's sort Spot of on. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, final question, Nikki. I promise. Um, <laughs> so if you could ask a question to someone who was dead or alive who would you ask and what would you say that's a really really hard question to answer isn't it and it doesn't necessarily have to be a question it's just you know is there someone that you'd you know give give some advice to or want some advice from or just like to say something to 
who would who would that be? Um, I think I would love to say to Tina Turner how brilliant she was and how much of an influence she's been on countless generations. Again, it gets back to that Beyonce. You know, I've saw Beyonce in the summer, amazing, up in Scotland. But again, those dance moves come from Tina Turner. Mm. So it's that thing, isn't it? Of, and I just think as well with the, you know, she has like a very difficult life, didn't she? A very difficult marriage and all of that. And she overcame it because she had such talent and such professionalism. So I'd probably just like to say thank you to her, really, to Tina Turner. That's a lovely way to finish. <laughs> Nikki, thank you so much for coming in. It's been, um, we packed, I feel like we've packed so much into yeah. this, but I, I think for young performers, or, or as we said before, coming into the industry, the whole thing about being having an agency or approaching an agent or being represented by an agent, I think you've covered so many bases there. So so thank oh, you so much for Just for don't be frightened. <laughs> don't be frightened of anyone. We're only humans. We're not like, we're not these like other beings. We're just normal people like you and just try. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Nikki.